Hello and welcome to the National Leprechaun Museum's Talking Stories podcast. Your home for Irish folklore, mythology and all things storytelling. Hello, you're very welcome back to Talking Stories episode 76. I am of course Nisha Odin and today I am joined by the wonderful, the fabulous, the splendiferous Dermot. Hello, hello, hello. Very welcome on the podcast, Dermot. How are you doing today? I'm doing good. Just been doing lots of research for the last few weeks into every story of Irish folklore possible. Yep, it's not like there's that many to look through. Weirdly not, no. no. It's absolutely it's non, a non, small collection, to be honest. Real small, real small. Yeah, not going to take up multiple lifetimes to learn or anything. Oh, God. So you're having fun. <laughs> lots of fun. Finding out lots of really interesting stories and facts, to be yep. honest. So, Joe, any, any top tidbits? Uh, so much death. Like, <laughs> like it's it's an ungodly amount. <laughs> like, you'll sit there and be like, oh, there can't be that much. It's every third More story. More than you didn't think. Yeah, it's like every third story has someone tragically, mysteriously dying. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good tagline for the entire folklore collection, I think. More death than you'd expect. It's a p- real good tagline, actually. <laughs> But today we've got a rather interesting tale from the one and only Pawdy Holly. Uh, it takes place in one of the more interesting parts of Leinster, Louth. That's not an interesting I'm, part. I'm being, I'm being very generous. Oh, okay, cool. We cool. know what people from Louth are like. I just want to keep on their good side. Yeah, no. Otherwise it could go very bad for me. It could go very downhill. Yeah, because it's... Yeah, yeah. Uh, we're actually take This one takes place in... The Gap of the North, Ooh. as they like to call it. Not a Game of Thrones reference, oddly enough. Ad basically is. We've kind of transformed the entirety of Northern Ireland to Westeros 2.0 at this stage. I mean, the marketing of Northern Ireland, if you've been to Dublin Airport recently, is come to Northern Ireland. We have all of Game of Thrones. Just all of it. Yeah. And the Giant's Causeway, but that seems to be it's looming f- less in people's heads these days. They forget it. They just want you to go and see those weird wooded walkways and in bits fairness, of the studio. But the wooded walkways are actually really nice. But I'd rather see the Giant's Causeway built by the own Finn McCool. Uh, you see, I went up to the Giant's Causeway a couple of years ago when I did my coastal tour of half of Ireland and um, ended up getting out in the car park, taking a glance over driving on really I yeah. I love the Giants Causeway it's just fun it's bizarre if you run down it as a kid because you can just start yeah. climbing up these basalt rocks and watching the OPW scream at you of course <laughs> <laughs> but this one that takes place in the gap of the north as we said it's that little little breach into Northern Ireland from County Louth at a castle called Moiri which for those who don't speak Irish is the Plain of the King Rather grandiose sounding, I think. Bit, bit up itself, to be honest. It is a bit up itself, but then again, we are far too close in proximity to Dublin to be talking about being too up ourselves. Too, too close to Dublin. <laughs> we are a five-minute walk from the centre of that city. Yeah, yeah. Bit. Probably better not dwell on Dublin, but actually, Dublin is important now that I think about it because this story takes place just beyond the pale. Oh, we have talked about the pale before, but for those who don't know, it is the origin of the phrase beyond the pale, beyond all reasoning. 
Uh, the Pale was the centre of English control in Ireland for a good few centuries after they came over, beat us up, and then we slowly beat them back to just the Pale. Uh, the northern extent... Do you remember where the northern extent extends to? I believe it's Drogheda, and it's yeah. as south as... Shankill, so south of Dublin, it doesn't really get into Bray. Ah, ah, you see, this is where we disagree. Despite the fact that at this age, I am very keen to not be listed as in the pale. Uh, I, From what I've read, it's meant to stop at Rathdown Castle. And Rathdown Castle is situated just outside of Greystones between Bray and Greystones. We, we don't want to associate with Greystones, though. But if we're... Per- um, we do not. No. The Cluckily uh, is no. not a good place to be. But that's enough about petty inter-county rivalries. Inter- Essentially, the Pale, from an English point of view, was civilization in Ireland. Everything outside is like that portion of the map that says, here be dragons. Just rather than dragons, it was wild-haired, possibly naked, screaming Irishmen. Pretty accurate on modern-day Ireland still. Yeah. You leave the Pale and there's a chance you'll see some wild, screaming Irishmen at you. They just have learned to wear clothing. If you, you're yeah. obviously going to different parts of the country to me. Oh, God. I'm dubious about the clothing myself. But it was a, it's not a huge zone of control. And it's rather conspicuous that the areas in the Pale still receive the most funding from the Irish government to this day. and horror. But However. Let's, let's not get political. No. Because today we're looking at... Not, we're not looking at the politics. We've got a bit of magic. And we've got everyone's favourite creature. So I'm just going to ask you a very simple question, Dermot. Hmm? Cats or dogs? Much, much like the political state of Ireland, I'm neutral. I have a dog <laughs> and a cat. Ah, uh, no, you're none of this fence-sitting. I have to fence-sit. I have a cat at home who will deal with me if I say I like my dog more. Fair. So I have to be very neutral about it. But I love my dog. But that, that is a suspicion, though. For anyone who's like on the fence about cats and dogs, are we just afraid that the cat's going to do something to us if we start bad-mouthing them? If we don't pick them as the favourite? Yeah, cats, cats may be the most vicious creatures you can find in your house apart from an Irish mammy you've wronged. But they're certainly, in my opinion, the most entitled animal you will ever meet. Like, a dog can require a lot more care. I know that a lot more care goes into horses, a lot more care can go into a lot of domestic animals. But when it comes down to it, cats act like they're your owner. You walk into the house and you feel like you've intruded on them. But sometimes cats go a bit off the rails, and today we're going to learn what happens when you really just get on the wrong side of a particularly large cat. So we'll let Paulie take things away. Moiry Castle County Down was a significant, strategically important fort situated in Newry, and even today where its ruined and lonely battlements guard the so-called Gap of the North, it cuts an imposing figure. One fine bright day, the sentries of that castle spotted a man, dressed in the antique robes of a druid. He approached the fort on foot, and beside him 
was an enormous cat. These medieval Irishmen had never seen the like of it before. Its shiny black coat, its enormous jaws, with fangs as long as your fingers, and the slinky way it moved, like a shadow of night in broadest daylight. Hello, the fort, said the druid in his confident, booming voice. Hello, magic man, said the loud man, who was just in charge of the sentries. I beg your leave to enter and entertain your men, said the druid. Of course, please do come in, said the sentries. Castles, we imagine, are very exciting places that see much action and bravado. But in reality, a guard's job is incredibly drawn out and nothing much happens for long stretches of time. And that's if you're lucky. Gazing out over medieval down and loud, a man might pray for something as exciting as a magician and his growling tiger. The druid was warmly welcomed inside. The guards had never seen a real pagan magician before, and they were delighted with the tricks of the cat, who could leap through rings of fire and sit on a tiny, tiny stool. Above all else, the guards were keen to hear stories of the druid's adventures, and he told them with gusto of his sailings south towards the gates of Heracles and beyond. He told of how, in some sweltering land, he had come into the tiger when it was just a cub, how he had raised it by hand, and how they were the very best of friends in the world. I would be nothing without my cat, said the druid, and I would be nothing without my master, growled the tiger in its pretentious cat voice, which the men of the fort did not understand. The druid did not remain long in Moiry Castle, for the cat's favourite activity was the hunt. Oh, and being fed little treats from the hunt by the druid, by hand, that saw the huge animal designed to bring death roll around on the floor like your own beloved tabby. The druid and the tiger slept in the same cave, on the same bed of leaves, and were incredibly happy. When the druid got bored of the countryside and wanted the company of humans again, they decided to return to Moiry Castle, for the welcome and the victuals had been mightily fine. But the new guards were not as welcome as the old. Suspicious of strangers and hateful of pagans, of whom they knew little and wanted to know even less. Hello, the fort, said the druid in his usual style. But there was no answer. Only the swish of a crossbow bolt through the air, and the thwunk as it hit the druid's chest and went straight through his heart. The big cat screamed in rage and leaped up onto the battlements, taking the head from the crossbow man in one bite. It sped through the fort, tearing the throats out from many men. It ripped and clawed and spat and growled when everything and everyone in the fort was dead. It then turned on the people of the nearby town and the people of the countryside, 
even the beasts of the land were not safe from the claws of the mighty tiger. Not until all of Louth was bathed in a slick of gooey, grimy blood did the tiger relent. After kidnapping a child for its own entertainment, the cat at last relaxed on a hill made from the skulls of his enemies and declared, I am the catamount, king of cats, pharaoh of felines, tyrant of tabbies, and I will have no master. The tiger was clearly driven mad with grief and the desire for revenge. He summoned all the cats in Ireland to a great colloquium, and from the battlements of Moiry Castle he declared, From this day forward all cats shall be free, and we shall strive always and everywhere to rid the world of the human plague. All my followers will put their name in a catalogue, and we shall no longer be cat's paws. Instead, we shall be the cat's pajamas. We will cause a catastrophe. Nobody shall escape, for all humans are of the same category. I will catechise you now so that you might act. Catenate yourself in a great chain. Let the humans be seized with catalepsy. Let them be buried in catacombs. Dust off your best catapults, for only those with cataracts will be excused from the work. All the cats of Ireland swore that they would abide by the will of the king of the cats and his descendants for all ages to come. When the people of Ireland found out that every cat in the country had banded together in a bid to exterminate them, they were very frightened. So they sent their most warlike tribe to do something about it. The most fearsome tribe in Ireland at that time was the O'Hanlons, and Chief O'Hanlon was not just a mighty warrior, but a brilliant strategist. Turning to his men, he said, We stand no chance of winning against such a formidable foe. Why, even the kittens are invincible, for a man takes one look at their cute, furry faces and falls to pieces. Only I, who is more of a dog person, will have the ability to breach the castle. So Chief O'Hanlon put on his darkest suit of armour, his blackest cloak, and snuck in to Maori Castle, with a tiny knife clutched to his breast. Panting, he climbed the stairs and used the servant's access to enter the room where the great cat orgy had taken place the evening before. Cats were strewn everywhere in various states of intoxication and laziness. The king of the cats was sleeping on a huge divan and purring softly. Trying to remain as silent as a ghost, O'Hanlon approached on tiptoe, stepping gently over inebriated catnip addicts. Just then, the big cat awoke from his slumber and leaped at the chieftain. There was a mighty struggle on the floor, with cats of different shades being sent through the air like furry acrobats. In one blow, Hanlon drove his knife into the king of cats, and all of the other cats ran away in fear. 
the king of cats now chastened, turned to O'Hanlon, saying, My only wish is that you tell my kitten what you have done yourself. He deserves to know how his father died. And with that, the mighty tiger breathed its last. Being a man of honour, O'Hanlon agreed, and he went and found the king's kitten. They talked long into the night over catnip and whiskey about how strong and able was the kitten's father. O'Hanlon had had too much to drink, was falling into a stupor. He thought he was safe, but as soon as he spotted the opportunity, the kitten lunged at Hanlon. They rolled around on the floor until with one swipe of his young claws, the kitten removed O'Hanlon's throat. And so began the great lineage of the King of Cats, never defeated by humankind, never accepting our superiority. From kitten to kitten, the lineage of Maori Castle remains amongst today's cats. But who is king today, you might ask? Well, nobody knows for sure. The cats have been notoriously cagey, about it since the attack of O'Hanlon. Maybe it's your cat. Maybe you have a royal clawing at your furniture, sitting beside your fire. It is impossible to know for sure. So look askance at all your tabbies comings and goings, or else it might be you that die first in the next cat revolution. an emotional roller coaster if I have ever experienced one. I've never seen such a catastrophic rebellion happen. Oh god, again with the puns. Look, it's stuck into me. <laughs> you have to go with all the cat puns. They're just perfect. In fairness, the Irish have long loved puns. You can even see it in the old literature that we loved punning on names. We just love making jokes, oddly, among all of the very morbid stories. Yeah. There's a lot of really funny ones. But it goes back to the, if you can, if you, you can either laugh or cry. And yeah. most of the time, it's easier to laugh rather than reveal your emotions by crying. Especially when you're as emotionally repressed as most Irish people are. Honestly, exactly. I'm very surprised no one was crying openly in this story, except for a cat. To be honest. Well, well, in fairness, I feel really bad for the cat. Like, the poor thing, right? Plucked out of its local climbs, taken away to God knows where. It's raining all the time. Too green. Too many rainbows. And your one and only friend in the world comes along to entertain some innocent guards. And what does he get in exchange? Shot to the heart. I love the great song. And then, naturally, you're going to take revenge. I just think it makes sense. I, for one, was rooting for the cat, to be honest. It's, it's a brutal revenge. I respect the revenge. Bit upscaled trying to get every cat in Ireland. It's like they were just waiting there, sharpening their claws for the day one of them went, we will rise up. And all the cats just, 
There's no hesitation. Every cat yeah. apparently just goes, ah, sure, we're going to go kill all the Irish. Yeah. Perfect day for us. Yeah, but like, but you own a cat, Derek. Yeah. You know that that is what they are like. Depends if it's about between 5pm and 9pm. They just want to have a nap. They're not really going to do yeah. much. There's a killing zone for a cat and it's about two hours in the morning. And yeah. after that, they like to sleep and you're safe. It's the only thing that keeps us safe is the fact that cats are inherently very, very, very lazy creatures. Mm. If they had more energy and get up and go, we'd be all under the thumb of, I say thumb, famously don't have opposable thumbs, under the paw of the great cat king themselves. Honestly, it'd be a very hairy situation. Again, with the puns. No, no, they're they're stuck now. (laughs) But it would be an odd thing though, wouldn't it? Like, picture yourself. Just you're in your you're in your room. Your your cat's up there on the mantelpiece, and suddenly this other cat like leaps into your house and starts meowling something at it. Leaps into action and suddenly starts bossing you around the house, setting you down as a setting up as a camp to just start launching raids against your neighbors, saying that you must now pay fealty to their king of cats. I mean, in fairness, my cat just does that anyways. Yep. She, like I've had two cats. My old cat used to, instead of fighting any cat who came into the house, scream yeah. at us to walk out with a water pistol and defend him. Mm-hmm. He was that lazy that we had to have a water pistol ready. Because Actually. if any cat came in, it would just be screaming like a foghorn for us to shoot it. So I'm already experiencing this. I'm being prepared for the cat rebellion. <laughs> See, I've been ingratiating myself with cats for years to make sure that they keep me on as a human sympathizer. You say that, look, cats are more likely to eat you when you die than a dog is. Yeah, isn't that, isn't that a lovely thing? Yeah, they love you so much that when you die, they'll eat your body to mourn you. Not because they're hungry, because they need to mourn you. I'm pretty sure that's just what they want us to think. Yeah. Like, honestly, I see the scenario as, well, their, their poor owner has tragically passed on. They're there in the room, on the floor, and a couple of days have passed now. And cats don't deal great with hunger. And sure... You could go outside, reconnect to your ancient roots and begin hunting sparrows. Or you could eat the person who provided you with food while they were alive. I mean, really, it's just continuing what they did after death. Exactly. They're still providing for you. They're still looking after you. You just don't get a nice saucer of milk. Yeah. It's blood. But cats aren't necessarily one of the, like, top ten creatures I think of when I think of Ireland. No, I think of, there's a few others I think of. Goats. Definitely goats. Goats. Uh, sheep, weirdly enough. Yep. Yeah. Deers. I've seen a lot of deers. A lot of deer. Ra- hares would be high on my list. Hares. Rabbits. Ah, uh, rabbits came over with the Normans. Ah, uh, no, 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 no. Go, <laughs> go to Dalky Island. There, it's overrun. It's an infestation, yeah. to be honest. Yeah. Because wherever you take rabbits, it, it literally is breed like them. They yep. go everywhere. But uh, I'm curious when the first cats arrived in Ireland. Because I know that thousands of years ago, we used to have the lynx, which mm. is one of the larger predators we've ever had on the island. Could have been descendant of the lynx. Uh, it could have, if we're going off the ancient Irish lore of how we got here, brought along from Egypt. Well, Scotia did originally come from Egypt. Could yeah. well have been. Yeah. Like, like most, I think, I think cats have their origin in the... I'm not sure if the Middle East is the politically correct term anymore, but that that neck of the woods, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, middle middle of the world, really, because Egyptians worshipped cats. They were seen as a very sacred thing. You'd be buried with a mummified cat, but I'm not going to go into detail about that. Nope. 
because I completely get that the cats, oh yeah, they all want to be king. They are definitely strict monarchs, monarchists, but surely all of them would want to be king. I just don't see a cat actually bowing down. Like, you tell me that all the dogs are ruled over by the king of the dogs. That makes sense to me. Yeah. But cats, I always thought they'd be more anarcho-syndicalists. I feel like the cats, much like the Gap the North being Game of Thronesified, cats are just Game of Thrones. Constantly playing a game over who's in charge, constantly trying to mm. get into each other's back, like, oh, I'll be your friend. Now it's the perfect chance to dig yeah. my claws in and run away, tail between my legs. Yeah. I just, I just can't quite square it in my head of them actually bowing down and letting another person take power over them. At the best of times, they tolerate when we make requests of them. I mean, there's other stories in Irish folklore about cats. Yeah. There's a famous one. I'm not sure where it's from, but uh, a cat is at home with its owner. The owner comes in after finding out this tragic news and says to his pet cat, oh, your neighbor died. I'm so sad. The cat sits up and goes, now I am king of the cats and leaps outside. That's one of my favorite versions of it because it's just, it's so bizarre out of nowhere because I, I I can't remember who it is I've heard tell that story because a lot of storytellers have passed through here over the years but there's a wonderful version where they the, a guy runs into the cat cat on the way home uh, learn and as he's walking by he kind of beckons him closer and says I am the king of the cats tell my people that I have died Goes home and is start explaining this bizarre incident to his wife, and just in the background, the cat on the mantelpiece's ears prick up, and as soon as the story is finished, announces that I am the king now and flees up the chimney. It just reminds me of a mixture between there's one of the Studio Ghibli films where mm. there's uh, anthropomorphic is yeah. the term yeah cats and cats the musical, not the James Corden one. You know? Oh, you mean the greatest movie of the past decade? The James Corden or the original? I, I'm actually the, now... the James Gordon. No, I'm no, I'm Taylor I'm Swift this, in her finest role I'm in life. I'm cutting this off. Nope. Judy Dench in an Oscar-worthy performance. No, no. Just, just those, just cats suddenly standing up on their S- hind legs and just turning to us, going, "I am your ruler now." Honestly, I think we're just ready for it. If the King of the Cats was played by Sir Ian McKellen, though, I think I would actually kind of give fair, fair dues. Yeah, to rule me. Yeah. I'd take Ian McKellen. He'd just tell us all we wouldn't pass everything. You'd ask for a law. Nope, you shall not pass. But they are tricksy creatures, cats. They're they're tricksy. They're affectionate in their own way. Uh, yeah. My mum was once really upset and that cat went out and came back with the most beautiful bluebird she'd ever seen. Its late. throat had been slit. Yeah. So like, it's a gift for the family. Exactly. Cats provide when you're ill. They look after you. They're just very... I want to say traditional in their methods. It's nothing about feelings and paracetamol yeah. and seven up. It's murder, blood, and here I brought you a pigeon to kill. <laughs> now, one thing I did want to quibble about the cat. Now, and it is a bit, it's a bit of a quibble. But I listened to that description. I'm not thinking tiger. No. What are you thinking? I'm thinking panther, almost. Yeah. Now... This also ties into wider folkloric things, which we'll get to in a moment. But it just doesn't sound particularly like a tiger. And if you're thinking a big cat nearby, kind of nearby Europe, you're thinking lion before you go tiger. Now, I suppose 
it doesn't have quite the same status, does it? No. Like you hear the lion. It's gonna say you hear the Lion King and you don't think of a, of an excellent movie, but uh, actually you do. But I was more thinking of the pandemic hit Tiger King. Oh. That had been about lions, not the same impact as far as no. I'm concerned. And leopards, cheetahs. They are, you couldn't catch a cheetah now. No. Now, now jaguars. Now that the Jaguar King. That yeah. sounds like a franchise waiting to happen. It does really. But it, it really comes from the fact that jaguars and panthers are a lot more South America based. Yeah. And we can stretch in Irish folklore and history. We went maybe to Northern Africa and Greece. Definitely. But South America? No, we, we did not. A little bit beyond our remit, yeah. A wee bit. Yeah. Uh, we wouldn't last well too hot. We'd all burn. How did we ever survive Greece and Spain then? We didn't. It wasn't a good time. Oh, we left. Yeah, that's, that's actually why fair. we left. We left. It's, why do you think we came to the rainiest country on earth? This is the only place where our skin will not literally turn red like a tomato. True. It's we're like the Goldilocks of the human race. <laughs> we don't like it too hot. We don't like it too cold. Just, yeah, just right. Yeah, just right. But on the folklore connection here. There are loads of reports of these big cats. And this is more in kind of the urban legend category of folklore belief. But I've seen reports as recently as recently as 10 years ago, but there was a spate of them in the 90s and the 80s in the UK, as over here, of these large cats, usually described as being black in colour, so like a panther, and being spotted in places like Louth, like Kilkenny, like Liverpool, like Yorkshire. Oh. I think Yorkshire had a, had a very famous case. And it's always described as quite like a panther. Now, obviously, from a practical point of view, this does make sense. They're dark in colour, so you won't be able to see them as clearly. And for some reason, whenever you encounter a cryptid, there's usually something in your favour for not actually seeing them correctly. Oh, but you, ha- you can't say, oh, I saw Bigfoot, he's about... Seven foot tall, 12 inches, yeah. has exact color. It takes away from this mystery of it. If yeah. you can accurately go in detail, this is exactly what he looks like. It takes yeah. away everything. Yeah. It's that element of mystery that adds to all these cryptid stories. Yeah, and you need, and you do need that. And for the panther, though, the mystery part comes from, well, how the, how did they get here? Because always it's explained by, oh, they probably broke out of a, j- of a, of a jail, animal jail, a zoo, nearby. But I think, I think again, it's the Yorkshire case that they'd no reports of missing panthers and yet multiple people were reporting seeing this creature. And it, really, it makes you think of, well, was this actually some animal that escaped from a zoo? Is this another private ownership? Was it a private ownership where they just managed to break out and get out into the countryside Whoa. and started terrorizing the populace? Like, despite, now, despite the fact that the story, let's be honest... It does strain credulity at times. I think it's one of the more realistic scenarios. I can actually see back in the 1600s some guy claiming to be a magician showing up at a fort and some trigger-happy watchman shooting him and his large cat friend starts going berserk attacking the garrison. I can very much see it. The story even kind of justifies where the cat came from because he talks about how he went through the gates of Heracles. So that's already to a territory where you can get a big cat. Yeah, but... The bit where it loses me is the cat talking, to be honest. There's a bit of that. Yeah. That's, oddly enough, I've never heard my cat talk. Yeah. But even then, as you're saying about folklore connections to large cats, much like many things in the Irish tradition, 
there's a lot of mentions of big cats being related to the devil. Yeah. Little, and yeah. as we know, very tricky man, doesn't like us a lot, you know? Yeah. Uh, I think you were, yeah, you were alluding to it earlier. One, of, I remember it now that uh, it's, you thought it was the Hellfire Club, but it's not the Hellfire no. Club. It was just a, a bunch of men playing poker. And as they're playing the game of cards, they know uh, a priest comes in and notices that there's this evil presence in the room. And at first he thinks it's just because they're gambling. But he notices after a while that the cat up on the mantelpiece is staring really intently with evil eyes. And I think he then says a prayer to God and asks God to banish the devil. And the cat leaps up and flees up the chimney, as they do. Cats weirdly like climbing up chimneys in our tradition. Yeah. Not it's, quite sure why. But then again, if you go through most, a lot of people liked going up and down the chimney. A lot yeah. like Santa Claus. Like Angus Og, in one of my favourite stories, noti- notably says that he doesn't leave through any doors. He was just jumping out a chimney yeah. in a house. Damn right. It's a proper way to leave a building back then. Exactly, to be honest. But actually, in fairness, changelings also leave the house up the chimney as well. It could just be the creature being banned. It's just the unusual way to leave the house. So... To mark them out as being a strange creature. It also could be, because in a lot of Irish traditions, there's a lot of, I want to say, warding done at thresholds. Like, we'll put holy water at thresholds. We have iron horseshoes above them. So it's banning things going in and out if you don't like iron. Yeah. So the natural exit, because you don't want to break a window. That's expensive. New seven years bad luck. Exactly. So up a chimney, it's just logical. Yeah. I think it would really suck for them in modern day, because we don't have a lot of chimneys anymore. When you live... In D4, off your mate's dime, you get central heating. <laughs> but uh, just say, I think we may be beginning to wind down now. Because mm. I am conscious of the time. You've been very, very good letting us ramble away at you, you lovely listeners. But I wanted to just bring back that cat's thing in the Irish tradition of... There's a fair few place names associated with them. But... Like the famous the Cave of the Cats. I was going to say... Up near Rathcruachan in Roscommon. Where also some demonic cats come from the other world. But it's not Satan cats. It's Morrigan cats. Yeah. But still, Cúhullan ends up having to, having to beat them up. And several other locations throughout the land, cats appeared out of caves or out of waterfalls. We seem to think that cats are just some strange supernatural creature from another world. And the more you think about it... Are they wrong? They're really not wrong. Like, in fairness, about the Cahollan one, Cahollan does have a track record of beating up animals. Yeah, in fairness, he's a very, very, very bad track record. Yeah, he doesn't like his animals at all. But, you know, cats cats are just good to have, though. They're not much commitment. You just need to feed them. You just need to water them like a plant. (laughs) They... They I don't just, think it meant to water them quite like a plant. I mean, I just... It's pouring the water can on their heads. <laughs> so every couple of weeks, especially if it hasn't rained, <laughs> just find your cat, water can on the head. That's a guaranteed way to get them to try and murder you in your sleep. Look, look, if you assert dominance over your cat, they're not going to murder you. you got to fight back. <laughs> and on that, uh, Dermot, you did mention you had cats. Yeah. Where did you... Where'd you get them? I actually, one of my cats is from the DSPCA. Excellent. And my other cat is from the WSPCA. Wow, that's that's an amazing segue into those two great organizations. I know, without, right? without intending to do so whatsoever. Uh, just quick public service announcement. Uh, we love cats here in the museum. We are either cat owners or former cat owners, many of us. Uh, I unfortunately no longer have a cat, but if I'm getting another one, 
I'm going to an animal shelter. Yeah. There's many lovely cats in need of a home. And hey, if you go to an animal shelter, you see a cat that catch your eye, who knows? You may end up bringing home the very king of cats themselves. So on that note, I have been Nisha. And I have been Dermot. You, my listener, have been wonderful. And we'll be catching you next time. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the National Leprechaun Museum's Talking Stories podcast. Remember, the best way to support us is by liking, subscribing and sharing with a friend.